every team needs a little bit of luck to be successful in the NFL. And the Chicago Bears are going to need more than just Justin Fields taking the next step. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and hopefully every day. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we love our everydayers that are tuning in for all the Bears news and analysis you can possibly get. On the show today, we look at what the Chicago Bears need to go well for them in order for this team to be successful in 2023, in order for this team to push for maybe a division title, maybe a playoff hunt, to at least show the type of improvement that they need to from the previous season. And in particular, I want to go beyond just Justin Fields. That's kind of the obvious one. Like, of course, the Bears need Justin Fields to continue to grow and develop. Like, that will be the individual most important factor for this team's success in 2023. But let's go beyond Justin Fields. And let's also go beyond the obvious of, like, injuries. Yeah, of course, major injuries would derail the Bears' ability to be successful this season. Those are kind of the obvious ones. We like to go a little deeper than the surface-level most obvious observations here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So we'll talk about what this Bears pass rush needs to do for this team to be successful, what this offensive line needs to do, and more generally, some of the pieces fitting together here properly in order for this team to reach its full potential in 2023. And I think the biggest thing that stands out to me, separate from fields, separate from injuries, but like the, the next big thing that needs to go well for the Bears this season is in terms of these pass rushers. They need these pass rushers to take steps forward and really have like each one individually have their own career best years in order for the current composition of the pass rush to provide a competent enough level of pass rush. And I think this highlights sort of the lack of consistent proven talent that they have on that defensive line. When you think about, you know, where the depth chart and the starting lineup looks right now, Demarcus Walker, Travis Gibson, Rasheem Green, Dominic Robinson at defensive end. And then, you know, Justin Jones and Andrew Billings, a defensive tackle with the rookies, Zach Pickens, Javon Dexter, and Travis Bell behind them. That's that's your pass rush primarily. You'll get some from blitzing linebackers, some from blitzing safeties. Iberflus has never been a big cornerback blitzer, but has dabbled in it here and there with specific players in specific moments. We saw some of that from Kyler Gordon last season as well. But really, they try and, whenever possible, rely on the front four defensive linemen and, and guys that rotate in there. It's not just four players, but those four positions to generate the vast majority of the pass rush on this team. And as we know, this is not a prolific proven bears pass rush. And I think the way that illustrates this for me is like, what, what do the bears need for this pass rush to be successful? These guys to have career best seasons that if all of those guys that we mentioned, the non rookies matched the best individual seasons of their careers. What would that look like in terms of the Bears' sack total? So Demarcus Walker, 
Last year in Tennessee, 2022, he had a career-high seven sacks. Most of those came from an interior defensive tackle position as opposed to the defensive end spot. He'll primarily be playing in Chicago. But let's just say that's that's what he could get this season, is as good as he's ever been in his career, seven sacks. Rasheem Green, who they signed from the Houston Texans at the defensive end spot. His career best year was in 2021 with the Seattle Seahawks when he was kind of a starter in that defense, and he had six and a half sacks. Travis Gibson... His best year, 2021, when he had, you know, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn and I think Akeem Hicks still at that time. My timeline's blurry there, but regardless, when he had a much better defensive line around him, had seven sacks in 2021. And then Justin Jones at the defensive tackle spot, his career high is three sacks, had it last year and the year before. Andrew Billings has had like a sack and a half. His career best, Dominique Robinson, has had a sack and a half in his career. If you add all of those up, seven from Walker, seven from Gibson, basically seven from Greenville Round will make that 21 plus three from Jones would be 24, plus one and a half from Robinson and one and a half from Billings would make it 27 sacks if every player on this defensive line matched the best individual seasons of their careers. 27 sacks among that group. Last year, the Bears defense as a whole had 20, and 27 sacks would put them at third worst. The Raiders last season were the third worst with 27 sacks. So you can see where... Even if everyone on the defensive line had the best years of their career, we're still looking at a below average Bears pass rush. Now, keep in mind, those sack numbers that I talked about there, the Raiders having 27, that's not just defensive line. You know, the Bears last year got four sacks from Jaquan Brisker. I think they got three from Roquan Smith. They got a couple from uh, two and a half from Roquan Smith, two from Jack Sanborn, one from Joe Thomas. You know, so the couple of non-pass rushers got, got in there. But even if you re- if you duplicate the exact same number of non-pass rusher, non- non-defensive line sacks, we'd add four, six, we'll even round up and say nine, ten, ten to that. If you add the same number of non-defensive line sacks to the career best for those guys, that would put you at 37 sacks, which is certainly like better and more respectable comparatively. But 37 sacks would still put you in the bottom 10 of the NFL. I didn't count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 10th or 11th, I guess, depending on how you want to round it there, would put you at 10th or 11th in the NFL, lowest in the NFL in defense. So ranking, the reverse would be like 22nd or 23rd in the league in sacks if everyone on this defensive line had the best season of their career. And now the thing is, chances are not everyone on the defensive line will have the best year of their career in terms of sacks. Sure, there's a chance that some of them exceed and have their career best and exceed their past numbers, but chances are most of those guys are probably going to end up somewhere closer to the middle of their career production, you know, anywhere between zero and seven sacks for any of those guys. And odds are pretty low that, you know, all three of those seven sack guys all hit seven sacks again. And odds are pretty low that Justin Jones goes from being a career three sack guy to becoming a seven sack guy all of a sudden on the interior. And that's why this pass rush is a concern and why the Bears, in order for them to have success this season, need that, those pass rushers to all perform like career best years. And even then, it's still going to be a lower, you know, lower in the pack level of sack production from this defensive line. And they're going to need some help. And it's why we still wonder if maybe a free agent signing or a trade could be in the works before we get to Chicago Bears training camp in the middle or late end of July coming up. Certainly, if they bring in a pass rusher, we'll break it down for you here in the Lockdown Bears podcast. But there's more than just the pass rush that needs to come together and play well for the Bears to be successful in 2023. I also want to look at some of the pieces 
from outside the organization coming in this year and needing to fit together. And also some of the other guys that have just been shifted around and moved because of the other moves that the team has made. We'll look at this offensive line in particular next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. So you place a bet on FanDuel. If you get it right, good. You win. You win whatever the bet was worth. If you get it wrong, FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. So you get your money back to keep playing. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. You can bet on baseball season or right in the heart of things, whether it's your Cubs, your White Sox, or any of your major league teams, of course. You can also bet ahead on the NFL season. Bears-Packers odds for week one. The Bears win total, where the Bears will finish in the NFC North. Justin Fields MVP odds, Matt Eberflus coach of the year odds, and so much more, all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the NFL. I think we all have a fairly high level of confidence, or at least a varying level of confidence, but some confidence that, if not a lot of confidence, that this new look Chicago Bears offensive line should be, on paper, in theory, much improved. And I think that's sort of the asterisk here is the in paper on theory. We're sort of operating under that assumption because we have this nice luxury right now of we're done with OTAs and mini mini camp, and your starting five lineup has been set really since the, the, the end of the first round of the NFL draft. Like this, this there's not this super open competition of guys are playing in multiple spots and you're still trying to figure out who your five guys are need to be and where they're all going to line up exactly. But I think one of the big things the Bears need to go their way to be successful in 2023 is that all of the movement and the changes on the offensive line are truly plug and play. And I think I just want to be careful to not take it for granted. Like how much movement? Yes, there's only, I mean, only, first of all, there are two new starters, which is is a lot and not a lot at the same time, right? It can be a lot, it cannot be, but it is, it is a fairly significant significant turnover in terms of just the the new faces in the starting lineup players who have never worn a Chicago Bears uniform in a regular season game there's two of those plugged right into the starting lineup that need to just pick it up and be ready to go right away without a ton of lead in time certainly the offseason is lead in time but you know they're expected to perform right away like guys who have been here longer than they have and that can be even more challenging for a rookie like Darnell Wright than it is for a veteran like Nate Davis coming in, but just so we're all on the same page, like this Bears offensive line as it stands now and as it has been through OTAs and minicamp, it's Braxton Jones at left tackle, it's Tevin Jenkins at left guard, it's Cody Whitehair at center, it's Nate Davis at right guard, and it's Darnell Wright at right tackle. And with that lineup of those players in that at those positions, it's really four guys playing different positions this year than they played last season. Or or well so I mean for four, four new faces, right? Your starting left guard, center, right guard, and right tackle will be different than the starting left guard, center, right guard, and right tackle that you had last season. It's not a brand new position for Wright. It's not a brand new position for Davis. It's not even a brand new position for Cody Whitehair, who has played center before, but it is a brand new position for Tevin Jenkins. And I just think with all five of those offensive linemen, there's some 
realm of possibility that the transition or that their performance in this season is not purely plug and play ready to go will be consistent for all 17 games. First of all, you've got Braxton Jones at left tackle who played really well last season for a rookie fifth round pick thrown in at left tackle, a very difficult position in the NFL. And we assume and have some level of confidence that he'll continue to grow and get better and improve throughout the course of the season. We've also seen though, historically, some players hit a sophomore slump. Some young players struggle. We've seen young fifth round picks like Larry Borum come in and play pretty well the rookie season. And then things don't go as well their second season and they end up kind of benched and replaced and better players take over for them. I don't think that's going to be the case with Braxton Jones, but you sure as heck can't have that happen for this team to be successful. If Braxton Jones struggled or for whatever reason and doesn't take steps forward, then are you putting Larry Borum back in the lineup, speak of the devil, or, or uh, Alex Leatherwood, right? And all of a sudden there's questions about what you've got at the left tackle spot, right? They need that. They need him to be plug and play this year. Tevin Jenkins moving over to left guard. Played really well at right guard last season. Was perhaps the Bears' best offensive lineman on the field from week one to week 18. Like over the course of the year, he was their best guy. We assume he'll continue to play really well at left guard, pick it up naturally and be good to go. But there's a chance the transition to left side is more difficult for him. There's a chance that, you know, just like we saw last season, there was kind of a weird thing before the in training camp where he was not participating in practice and maybe wanted to be traded. And maybe there was trade talks, right? There's just a little bit of that volatility with Tevin Jenkins where you're just not... 100% sure, maybe we're 90% sure he'll be fine at left guard, but we're not 100% sure. And there's just like that little bit of like, you need that to go well too, because if he struggles, you know, then you start to have to move some stuff around. Cody Whitehair at center. We trust him as a veteran who's been in this team for a long time, who's played center before at a fairly high level. But we also remember when he was at center, there were some very significant issues with snapping the ball to the point where they moved him back to left guard because and moved to and moved James Daniels back to center because snaps were an issue. There were times when he was not great at center and had some problems there. And so while again, similarly, we're pretty confident he'll be fine at center and be a much needed addition at or much needed improvement at that spot. We don't know a hundred percent. So they need that to be plug and play and to go well. We think Nate Davis was solid in Tennessee, played right guard, comes to Chicago, solid at right guard, very similar offensive system, should be fine. But we've also seen free agents not pan out the way you expect them to. We all expect Nate Davis to pan out. There's no indication that he won't pan out. But there's, again, it's never 100% when it comes to the NFL. And then, of course, Darnell Wright as a rookie might be the biggest wild card of the four, just given that he's a little bit more of a raw prospect coming in from Tennessee and that he's going to make some mistakes this season. He's probably the most likely to make mistakes this season and might be the worst of the Bears' five starting offensive linemen in terms of consistency over the course of this season, but he should get better and should be fine over the course of the year, but he might make mistakes as well and might cause some problems on this offensive line. So that's why I say like for the Bears to be successful, they need all five guys to be plug and play. We expect all five guys to be plug and play, but there's no guarantee that all five guys would be, would be plug and play. And much like the defensive line, odds are likely that maybe one of them isn't exactly what we thought they would be. You know, the chance that all five players are exactly as good as we thought they'd be. Sure. It could happen. It's not, a, it's not even a long shot thing. It's, it's perhaps even likely, but there's five different things that could go wrong there, as opposed to just like one or two things that could go wrong. And it feels to me like when you have more things that could go wrong, then there's more of a chance that any one of those things might go wrong. So that's why the bears need this offensive line to truly be plug and play this season. And I, I feel that like that general concept applies a bit more broadly to some of the other pieces the Bears brought in. And I want to look at like how these new pieces need to fit together elsewhere on the roster and in, I think, slightly different and unique ways to their own specific positions next 
on Locked On Bears. The Bears are counting on a number of free agents and draft picks, rookies, this year to step into Chicago, plug into important roles, and produce at a consistent and fairly high level to varying degrees based on what they're being asked to do here. And much like the point I was just making with the offensive line, chances are that not every single one of those additions will pan out exactly the way the Bears want them to. Not every free agent hits, not every draft pick hits. And sometimes it takes a little while to determine whether they're hit or miss and might not happen this season, but chances are at least one of the free agents and at least one of the draft picks won't pan out. That's just how it works in the NFL. It's the nature of the business. And so like the Bears need those guys to fit together and gel quickly to perform at a high level right away in order for this team to have the kind of success that they're looking for in 2023. I don't want to, I, I said we're skipping Justin Fields because that's the obvious thing that needs to go well this season, but like DJ Moore does need to be on the same page as Fields. And if the wide receiver quarterback connection is slow to build, that would certainly hamstring the offense. All indications are things are going well there. They're already clicking and that, that chemistry is really, really strong. So nothing too crazy to be concerned about there. We certainly already talked about the offensive line changes that they made in, in that regard, but certainly like on defense, the, the two front running big name free agent signings right away, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. It's not to me about like, will the two of them get along and fit together as like a linebacker duo? To me, I think that'll be pretty natural and easy for them. I think they both have fairly distinctive roles and skill sets, but also some versatility there to where, you know, I think, you know, if there's a, of a formation shift offensively, they can fill each other's responsibilities. They've both done a little bit of both before. They both can, they're both smart football players. So I'm not worried about like those two guys playing off of each other, but it's more so how those two guys play off the rest of the defense that has already been here, right? When you've got say Tremaine Edmonds in that middle linebacker position, and he's got to be in a cover to that Brian Urlacher spot where the linebacker gets deep in the middle of the field, kind of in between, but underneath the two deep safeties, like Brisker and Eddie Jackson might be used to how Nick Morrow would run that. But it's about knowing like, okay, how much ground can they trust Tremaine Edmonds to be able to cover there? Like how close, you know, when, when the safeties are trying to get to their landmarks on the field, do they leave 20 yards between them and Tremaine Edmonds? 25 yards between Tremaine Edmonds? Like do they, because there's a certain amount of distance that the safety can cover and a certain amount of distance that the linebacker can cover. And ideally you want the edge of the linebacker's range to touch the edge of the safety's range so that if any player goes in there, they're covered by either the linebacker or the safety. But they've got to be on the same page as far as like how much ground one can cover versus the other, how much ground one is expecting the other to cover. And just when certain route concepts might pull a safety in this direction, the linebacker's got to know that the safety's going to go in that direction and maybe shift his coverage in that direction too to make up for the space that's then lost by the safety. And same thing happens in underneath coverage, you know, with, with you know, Kyler Gordon in the slot. If TJ Edwards is in more of like a hook curl zone in the middle of the field, and then there's another hook curl zone like towards the slot, or maybe, maybe, Gordon's working towards the flat and they got to know, okay, who's responsible for what and how much space do I give next to them? Like you need these linebackers to really fit in to the rest of the defense and a lot of the existing pieces quickly to not have those communication errors that we saw be a real problem for this Bears defense down the stretch last season when you've got new guys being plugged in largely due to injury last season, but you plug in new guys, they got to be on the same page. They got to, not only do they have to verbally communicate, but they really have to like think on the same wavelength. And that's not something that you can just show up at OTAs and everybody's instantly clicked onto the same page. 
It might not be something that you can even fully accomplish through training camp. It might take some weeks of the regular season in there to really have those things kind of stick around. And I'll also throw in Tyreek Stevenson into this mix too, as the rookie coming in at, at outside cornerback. You know, if he's got a deep safety help over the top, whether it's Brisker or Jackson in a, in a you know a deep shell there, again, knowing how much space he should give the receiver and, and when he should pass the receiver off to a safety or versus a slot cornerback or a linebacker, you know, kind of knowing what his teammates are going to expect of him, communicating that and, and thinking that through and being really uh, on some of that same wavelength of, understanding the defense and your responsibilities on the play. You can even apply it to the defensive line, you know, with, with Andrew Billings coming in as a nose tackle and Demarcus Walker, a defensive end, and your two rookie, well, three rookie defensive tackles, but mainly the big two, right? When you guys are pass rushing and, and holding certain pass rush lanes, you might have a certain expectation that, okay, if the center is double teaming here, then I know I'm not supposed to stunt with that player. There might be certain reads on certain plays or just know like, okay, when I when when if Demarcus Walker is stunting inside, how much space do I need to create for him? How vertical should I attack versus how horizontal should I attack? And what you know, how does he? How can he bend his body? And how long does it take him to get the the loop inside? Right? Because a lot of times with a stunt, you know, like the outside player might step upfield once to try and fake like he's going to rush upfield, then turn and stunt inside the defensive tackle. And so, how long does it take him at his size to make that stunt rush as opposed to? Travis Gibson on the other side, or as opposed to Dominic Robinson on the other side. And, you know, would Justin Jones and Travis Gibson, having both been here together for a full season, have more of that quick and natural chemistry to just know how the other player functions and what the other player prefers and without having to really think about it actively on the field, just knowing 99 is next to me, here's what I got to do. I don't have to think. I can just react and play fast. Right? With all these new players, it's going to take time to not only not only for the new players to get used to the existing players or the previous players, but the already here players to get used to the new players, the new players to get used to each other, to get used to the new defense. And that's just one of the like slower sides of the learning curve when you have as much turnover as the Chicago Bears have had, especially in, in the starting lineup with, you know, at least two new defensive line starters, two new linebacker starters, a new cornerback starter, two new offensive line starters, perhaps a new running back starter and a new wide receiver starter. Like it's, that's a lot of moving parts and a lot of pieces that need to fit together quickly. And like I said at the top, like not all of those new pieces will pan out as well as the Chicago Bears hope they will. And chances are a rookie and a free agent don't end, at least one of each, don't end up perfectly panning out the way the Bears might want them to, or certainly not be everything the Bears could use from them this early right away in their first season with the Chicago Bears. So like that's that's why I think it's important to get a sense of like, what needs to go well for these Bears to be successful this season? Because there's so much going on around this team. There's so many fascinating storylines and a lot of things we're really excited to see come together and develop starting at training camp, but then into the regular season. We'll have you all set with all of our training camp previews coming up in the coming weeks here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And while we're not every, every day at this stage of the offseason, we're three days a week to, through the end of June and then the first half of July here until we get a little bit closer to training camp. But we're still bringing you plenty of Bears news and analysis. And that's why you got to subscribe and keep checking back in because with a couple fewer opportunities, then it becomes that much more valuable when you do get the chance to bear down.